a extremely extremely busy busy wednesday welcome to the weekly harvest podcast my name is chris falco director of game day operations committee relations with the brandon wee kings he's rob mann radio voice of the brandon wee kings how are you rob doing well thanks today chris it is the time of year where you occasionally feel like you're chasing your own tail but you are never bored that is the key it is all systems go as we make our way towards Friday, make our way towards home opener. Uh, we have got a lot to get through today. We have got a couple of very special guests who are going to be joining us in a little bit as uh, we talk not crazy so much like usually about what's on the ice, but really what's going on off the ice and around. Yeah, the big news from the off-ice aspect of it over the last week was the new deal between the Keystone Center and the Brandon Wheat Kings, and that's a series of five-year deals. And each one kind of has its own little bits of uh, nuggets for Wheat Kings fans. There's some that you'll notice very quickly, others that you'll notice as the deals progress. But it's a lot of exciting upgrades to a facility that is home for the Wheat Kings. One thing I've noticed being around the team and around their facilities, like their workout facility, their dressing room, etc. The team has access to some of the best facilities internally I've ever seen for a junior hockey team. So you want the arena as much as possible to match that. And we're getting closer to that with some of these items that we're going to discuss. Yeah, it's uh, we're going to get into all that right now, though. Let's do talk about some of the on-ice stuff that, that we saw. Since we've last talked, your Brandon Wee Kings have played another a couple of games. That was the one here on Friday night versus Moose Jaw before traveling there and taking on the Warriors on Saturday. Coming up with victories on both nights. Big victory on Friday night, a 9-1 to game which uh, we're going to pull back the curtain a little bit as well. There was no video goal judge that night, Rob. Do you know what the score actually would have been? <laughs> nine to... Doesn't matter. It was less than nine. Ten, ten to two. Ten to two. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently there was a goal on both sides. That uh, It was uh, you know preseason. A lot of goals were going in. There was a lot of scrambles in front of the net. It was a lot of fun, but officially it was a nine to one final uh, on Friday night. It was an absolute blast. And for me, one of the most fun things about it, not just putting up nine, but it was the fact that we got to debut something that we've been uh, wanting to do for a while, and we're able to, to, to pull it out to, as a test on preseason, excited to debut on home opener, and that is the custom player goal songs. What was your take on it? Boy, you couldn't have asked for a better night for that, eh? You get the Wheat Kings I got custom really goal songs. I thought that we might jinx it and <laughs> you know show up and nobody scores, and all of a sudden it's going to be on me. Like, great, Falco. You, you did yeah. all this, and we there, didn't get one. There's so. the press box jinx, yep. and then there's that. But yep. this is kind of like the teddy bear toss. You know, you get that teddy bear toss goal out of the way, and it's just... Oh, okay. There's a relief. That's all out of the way. No need to fret about that anymore. And you used to note it kind of did the same thing. Scored about two minutes into that game against Moose Jaw and never really stopped scoring. That was the beauty of it. We have all these new goal songs for the individual Wheat Kings. And very first night that they're in effect, you get to test out seven of them. That's about (laughs) as well as things could have possibly gone. Yeah, it was a whole lot of fun. Excited to play more as we've been uh, releasing some, uh, you know, some of the graphics online that you haven't heard yet. I know one personally, I can't 
can't wait to hear is when Luke Shipley puts it in and we get to play the Office theme song inside the arena. For any other big Office uh, massive fans, they'll love that too. Uh, one that we're having some fun with that you can get involved with. Right now, if you go over to our social media, you're going to see that we asked you what you think that Nate Danielson's goal song, goal song should be coming up this season. Nate is in Detroit at Red Wings camp, of course, so we won't hear that in home open night, Rob, but there has been a lot of traction and a lot of people wanting to uh, to have their input and some pretty good suggestions, too. I've seen suggestions ranging from the downright perfect to the downright bizarre. That's what happens when you suggest anything to the internet as far as input is concerned. We've had some really interesting suggestions on that one, and I can't wait to see which one ultimately wins, but I can tell you whatever you pick, Nate Danielson is probably going to make you hear it a few times this season. Let's all hope. That would be fantastic. Uh, so coming on up this week, it is home opener week. Um, you know, sorry, before we skip ahead of that, we talked about Friday night, a big 9-1 game here. The next night, Rob, I was able to watch it on, on the stream, but you were there in person calling it uh, your first away game for the Wee Kings. Uh, of course, not your first away game, but uh, your first away game for the Wee Kings in the dub. What was your takeaway on the Saturday night game maybe that we didn't see on the stream? You know, it's funny, they were challenged, the Wheat Kings were, to produce more offense from the young guys before Friday night's game. And, yeah, you know, I think they listened. The young guys came up huge in that game, Jackson Jacobson and Easton Oda with two goals each. But then you get into Saturday night, and you know it's going to be more of a slog. Moose Jaw's mad. Nobody likes getting whipped 9-1. They've got the player that's going to be their starting goaltender, Jackson Unger, in the net for that game. And they've got a little bit of a burr under their saddles. So that's when it's incumbent on the older guys to kind of get things done, and they did. Dominic Peter with two goals, Ryland Roarsma chips in, Evan Greening with a good redirection. I don't know that I've ever seen this. Perfect power plays across the board. Wheat Kings go four for four, Warriors go one for one. I don't know that I've ever seen that at any level before. And the stereotype is that in preseason, because you haven't had time to work on the systems, the power play is the trickier of the two because it requires more coordinated puck movement. The penalty kill, you stay in the box, you deny them the middle. It's relatively straightforward, and yet it was the power plays that shone in that game against Moose Jaw. So that's a little bit of an, an oddity, I would say. But it's kind of nice to know that the Wheat King's power play, which floundered a couple times against Regina, really has their legs under them now. If you were following along on just, say, the app and looking at the stats, there's a point that you maybe thought there was a problem in the app and thought that they duplicated it because of the Dominic Peter connection there. It was Mally Avon to McQueen to Peter on the power play. Two minutes later, Malievin, McQueen, Peter on the power play. Malievin awesome. four assists on the night, too. I mean, he had a great preseason. And the game here against Regina, where he hit the two posts, you could see that his confidence was up. But it was the game against Moose Jaw where it was like, boy, he is in charge of this power play. He is running things extremely well. And for a Wheat Kings team that's going to be missing a guy like Danielson for a little bit of time, it's pretty important that somebody else steps up. No telling yet who exactly that's going to be, but early signs are Andre Malyevin wants that power play quarterback job. And for those wondering, and we might even play this clip on the big screen during uh, home opener, uh, during intermission for what we're going to talk about on the podcast so people know. Everybody's asking, why are we spelling Malyevin's name differently across everything? Yeah. Andre is such a nice guy. It turns out that Andre Malyevin is not actually spelled M-A-L-Y. His name is spelt with an I. When he got into Canada and whatever happened and he got to Sarnia and was playing for the Sting, he just went with it. And we literally just weeks ago discovered 
that he literally went with it so <laughs> across everything. The whole season. It's M-A-L-Y, but no, no. So Malyavin is spelled with an I. But if you're you know at the home opener and you're looking and you're like, well, his jersey on the video said Y, but the one he's wearing says I, and it says I. It's going to take a couple of games to sort all that out, but uh, going forward, you're going to see it spelled correctly. And at the rate we're going, we're going to be saying his name a lot. I mean, if he's going to be playing like Let's that, so. four assists in one game. Not to take anything away, by the way, Roger McQueen coming up with three assists in the game. What a great preseason. Uh, yeah. Him, I, him and Charlie Ellick have had. Yeah, both We talked them. about them and Caleb Hadland. Let's talk about all three of those guys really quick. Yeah, and I actually want to those start with Those first Hadlin. rounders from those. Caleb Hadlin has showed such amazing leadership that I've seen off the ice so far this season. And what he's done on the ice as well at the same time, I can't wait to see a full, hopefully, knocking on wood for you, that we get to see a full and healthy year from Caleb with those guys. I don't know if he had the best preseason of the three of them. It's a conversation, it's an argument we could have because they all had such good preseasons. But I do think that of the three of them, he had the best individual performance in one single game. That opening night against Regina in Regina was just pond hockey it was a sloppy mess it was just it was something that as a coach it's got to be frustrating to watch because you're trying to take things away from it and it was very disjointed hockey the one guy who could bring some stability on either team was Caleb Hadland. he came out flying he was hard on the forecheck there was a moment where he caught Jackson Vaughn with his head down and just belted him one of the best hits I saw all preseason long and then he scores the shorthanded game-winning goal and individual performances, all those guys had good ones. Roger McQueen, three assists in the finale. Charlie Ellick with the tying goal against Regina the next night, and he was generally good that game. But if you're asking me which of those three guys had the best individual game, probably Caleb Hadland opening night in Regina. Out of all that chaos, he manages to turn in an excellent performance. Really looking forward to those three. A little side story about him as well. We're just uh, earlier today uh, doing lots of editing as we get ready for the home opener and all the videos. Uh, I was going through the footage that we had of the guys last Friday night walking into the arena. We had the camera set up in slow-mo mode uh, to get some cool-looking shots for them. Uh, well, Caleb was one of only two Wheat Kings. This is a kind of a cool thing. When he walks in, his head turns to see who's working in the Wheat King store and gives them a wave. Right? A lot of the guys, and I get it, they're focused, they're walking down, but that was one of the first instincts was... Hey, and then off to business. Just the kind of kid he is. So personable guy, very personable. It's gonna be a great year uh, with those guys and uh, all the others that we're getting ready for. These new characters, straight up, that the fans are gonna love. Uh, can't wait for home opener to get into those player introductions and uh, and really show off the new season. For me, Rob, being like the game day guy who does all this, the production, the organizing, and even the the, the PA and the scripting. I don't think I can get more excited than when we get to that point, when we're introducing your team for the season. And you had a little bit of a wrinkle thrown into that introduction today. You've got a new video to make, just as I've got a, a new player to update. We got we got some more work to do. In the midst of all this, I had to stop my day, and we had to make a, a pump-up video and uh, some trade graphics and write a story for uh, the latest acquisition for your Brandon Weekings. And uh, that is a player that, uh, Rob, you and PA for the last couple of years, us here in Brandon, uh, we have seen some goals. I actually, I purposely didn't in the video, <laughs> if you noticed, I didn't show any of the goals he was scoring against us. There were a few. There were options there, there. There there were a few. I'm glad he's on our team now. Jaden Weens, 20-year-old from the Saskatoon Blades, uh, comes over here with uh, with a trade today, and uh, we got some details. You want to go through those? Yeah, the trade was in exchange for a uh, third-round pick in 2025, I believe it was, and then a 2027 fourth-rounder. So some picks down the line to beef up the team in the present. Uh, if you're thinking to yourself, well, I would actually like to see the goal that Jaden Weens scored against the Wheat Kings, just watch the goals we have online. Those are basically the goals he scores. Like, he scores 
right on top of the paint. That's always been his MO. And the running theme of training camp for the Wheat Kings has been being harder to play against. This guy encapsulates that perfectly. All three zones. This is a guy you will see on the penalty kill, on the power play. It was remarkable to me that in Saskatoon, loaded with all those weapons, their net front presence is a five foot nine guy. And the five foot nine guy's doing an incredible job at it. He had eleven power play goals last year. Yes, a third round pick and a and a fourth is a bit of a steep price for a twenty year old this close to camp. But Jaden Weens brings it in all three zones, and I think he's going to become a fan favorite in a hurry. When you look at the hand-eye coordination that is required in a couple of the goals that he bats out of midair, and that's his style. Getting tight, looking for deflections as well. A number of the goals that I pulled up, it's just deflection shots. But just he's where he needs to be, and he and he gets the job done. Uh, very excited to see what he's going to do wearing the black and gold, not the blue and gold. And in that kind of depth role in Saskatoon last year, you know, I talked with Marty Murray a little bit about his contributions away from the puck being hard to play against, matching up against the other team's best players, which he does very well. But if you're concerned about the statistics and you're wondering what he's going to pitch in offensively, 17 goals in 42 games last year, you spread that out over a full season, you're probably looking at about a 25-26 goal campaign. What's impressive to me is the playoffs roll around, crunch time, the Blades go on a deep run, 18 playoff games, he scores eight goals. Good for second on the team. He scored four goals in seven games against the Regina Pats, who I'm sure on opening night are going to look down and see his name on the roster and go, oh, not this guy again? Weren't we done with that after last year? But the first six games against Regina, he had four goals. And they're all clones of each other. He's right on top of the crease, banging away and refusing to take no for an answer. He's going to be very well liked here. And people are curious uh, a little bit maybe about what that means for the 20-year-old situation. Technically, that does put uh, four 20-year-olds on the roster. Uh, but, Rob, that is uh, mainly due because of two reasons. Uh, one is because of uh, a current injury, still assessing with uh, Dawson Pasternak. But, of course, you still have a 20-year-old away at camp, which is Brett Highland. Yeah, and there's no telling exactly what will happen with Brett Highland. I it's mean, a big wild card yeah, with him. And he's, he's such a complete player that if you told me right now he was going to go pro... Obviously, we'd love to have him back, but you're rooting for him, so you wouldn't be shocked to see him go. He plays such a professional game. I think the the logic is that he needs a few more games in juniors because his season was cut short last year. So I think there's a lot of people expecting him to be back. But if he's not, no one's going to be gobsmacked by it. Like He could be an American Hockey League player, and if that's the case, suddenly you're missing major depth up front with your 20-year-old crew, so this would alleviate that concern. He has been in this in the discussion for the hardest working player of the year award each year he's been here. He's one of those guys that as a 20, if he was going to take that step and play pro in the AHL with the organization, you really wouldn't be surprised. But you're right, just after having that season cut short, the fact that even going into the draft, he wasn't even able to still skate. Uh, I really hope for Wheat King fans and for us, that of course, we get to see Brett. And I mean... He's a great kid. Love to have him back for another season. That would. But, you know, if he does turn pro, it's the best thing because that's what the Wheat Kings do. We we try to turn out professional hockey players. That's what they do. And if not, try and turn out good people. Uh, And luckily, Brett is is both, though. So, uh, you know, if he he comes back, that's fantastic. If not, I'm telling you, Jane Weens, I am excited after going through and doing all this highlight stuff. And the goals he scores, uh, you might call it sustainable offense because he's not getting lucky with long-range shots and things like that. He's generating offense the old-fashioned way, just going to the most dangerous areas of the rink and, as I said earlier, refusing to take no for an answer. So I think he's going to be a pretty important part of all three zones of the Wheat Kings. As I said, you'll probably see him, and this is true of a lot of 20-year-olds, but it's a good sign when they can fill this role, you'll probably see him on both the power play and penalty kill. 
And it's one of those situations where you got him doing that, and your other 20 that, that that's here right now, if Brett doesn't come back, is you got Dawson Pasternak, of course. And Dawson last year, he was anything but just in front of the net. He's all over the place, and he's dangling. And he is such a playmaker that uh, what, what what he would bring to this team, uh, and, and will, not won't, but he will as soon as he gets back and, and can be playing again, um, which uh, it's going to be a great situation for the Wheat Kings to have those four choices. It's funny, Dawson Pasternak and Chayden Weens might end up scoring the same number of goals in any and given season. completely different. Not one of them will look similar. <laughs> like Dawson Pasternak, when I watched him last year with the Wheat Kings, he was pulling off moves that just impressed me. Like he has the hands and the skill set to generate off the rush. He can put the puck between his feet and fool defenders. He's really good with his hands in tight, and he's got a pretty wicked release. Jaden Weens plays the game a little more straight lines, but at the end of the day, they're both offensive catalysts. One's just maybe a little more on the creative side. One's a little more on the straight line side. You can use both, and you should use both if Brett Highland is away with Washington or Hershey for any length of time. Uh, so we are going to be getting into our guest here today, which is the Brandon Wheat King owner and governor, Jared Jacobson and Connie Lawrence from the Keystone Center. We are going to get them in here. Now, if you're watching this live, we are going to be showing you the highlight video that uh, that I did make earlier today and we posted of Jaden Ween. So you can see Jaden in action uh, playing. And then if you're listening to the podcast, you're just going to have this cut right to the interview. So for those watching, enjoy. And when we get back in just over a minute, we're going to be joined with Jared and Connie. All right, and we are now live back in the studio, just like Magic, joined with our guest today. We'd like to welcome the Wheat King owner and governor, Jared Jacobson, and Connie Lawrence from the Keystone Center. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hello. Hey, hey. Uh, all right, so we have got some big news that was announced last week, and it's one that uh, a lot of Wheat King fans were very excited to hear and that is the historical partnership between the Wee Kings and the Keystone Center is going to continue for at least another decade. For sure, yeah. It's awesome. It's our home, so better make sure we pay our rent. So it's good. So. <laughs> uh, Connie, the relationship between the team and the building, it goes back a long way. Uh, why don't you just first just tell us, like from, from the building perspective, how important it was to continue this relationship? I think for us, um, you know, we're very fortunate to have a WHL team in Brandon um, and in Manitoba. Um, for us, hosting a team like the Wheat Kings um, just brings an added value to the building. Is the, the Wheat Kings are our baby. You know, that's what Falco and I will talk about for the most part. But we know as well that this venue is so much more than just the brand than Wheat Kings. For, for either of you, can you talk a bit about the importance of the Keystone Center as it pertains to other events that come through Brandon and just how much this venue brings into the community? I can speak to that on what we do know. So um, we are actually the second largest building of this kind in Canada. A lot of people actually don't know that. So the sister to this building is in Ottawa. Um, again, uh, we have the largest indoor farm show, which is Manitoba Egg Days. Um, again, Winter Fair. So there is only two Winter Fairs in Canada. There's a uh, Royal Manitoba Winter Fair that is actually blessed. Um, so one here and one in Toronto. Um, again, um, when we talk about our partners and the importance of everyone here, I want to bring community into that. Um, and how important that this place is, not just for the Wheat Kings, but the Wheat Kings want to be a part of that as well, too. But when we're thinking about all the events that this place brings, we just rounded up with uh, Food Truck Wars. 
26 trucks uh, right on the grounds as well too. So, you know, when we are 540,000 square feet sitting on 90 acres of land, you know, there's a lot of events that we can put through and they're all just as important. For sure, for sure. I, one thing I know, I guess, just buying the team, uh, doing my due diligence, we had a study that was done by a third party, uh, you know, back in, I think it was 2015 or something. And the, the nice thing that was kind of shown to me was that it, how much it, uh, the Wheat Kings, as that is the only market study portion I had, was just what it brings to Brandon and, and, and the community. And it was approximately, I think it worked out to almost a million dollars a game, um, you know, and 20 to $30 million dollars uh, a year on uh, spending in the in the local economy so it's a it's a huge we're happy to be a huge part of the community and, and a great tenant for the keystone so well and connie like you mentioned that of course our our, our whole area agriculture is the number one driver that's mm-hmm. i mean it's right in our name as as the weed kings so it's no surprise that that's what helps uh, drive the building and with that jared it shouldn't be a big surprise thinking about the community on a game day who's coming in from out of town it's not just restaurants and say hotels but it would be the gas stations it would be all the grocery stores it's it's all those stops that hey we're going to go into town for the game we're going to go and we're going to stop here and here and here and do all this. Yeah, exactly. Like we're, we're part of their spend that day, but we, even in the retail world, uh, you think about the bucket everybody spends. So it's one item of their bucket to come into town, they get gas, they come into town, they get groceries. They, they go to a restaurant. They might, uh, you know, some of the family might go to the hockey game. Some might go to a movie. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a huge, uh, economic spinoff for sure. So the last time we actually did any, views or numbers on that we were sitting at about 80 million in economic spinoff um from all the events that the keystone does for the community wow yeah it's absolutely incredible and with that being said it's shocking that for how many years the limited capital funding that was given to actually put some improvements back into the building uh but Luckily, that is changing a little bit with some, you know, recent uh, recent years with some great work by the staff over at the Keystone County. I know that uh, we've talked off of the podcast about this, but I'd love for you to give some give some kudos to some people over there who've done some good job putting this together. Actually, I would like to point that out too. Like, you know, um, Chris Sells, who's our director of finance, worked, you know, incredibly hard putting together, you know, so us, we were fortunate enough to get in place. And I should say Jeff Mar- uh, Schumacher, our, you know, current CEO, GM as well, too, getting the new um, five-year capital funding agreement uh, put into place, which is allowing for us to make the improvements that were badly needed in this building and bringing it from, you know, the 1972 state that it was in up to, you know, 2023 <laughs> and bringing that forth. Yeah. Facility. I mean, being from the construction background, you can, I you know your capital, capital improvements and capital budgets for the year, you, you can budget and then you can also have unforeseens. And I think, you know, the hardest part about a facility this size is it's, it's probably reasonable to budget for regularness. Uh, it's hard to budget when all of a sudden your air conditioner unit blows in the Manitoba room and, and the roof starts leaking over top, top of another area when you only have so much funds a year to spend based on where you're getting your funding from. So I think that's kind of the spirit of the new lease is you're we're trying to find ways to generate, you know, more economic activity and more revenue for the facility and the team so that we ha- have extra funds, uh, you know, or, or not, um, you know, not enough funds to, to, to grow here, right? So that's, that's a huge part of the spirit of the new lease is to try and, uh, you know, make this family fun, affordable building, but, uh, you know, also be sustainable. 
Well, and with the loss of the sportsplex, even just having another sheet of ice in town, like this building, we know it's not just used just for the Wheat Kings, even with the egg. Minor hockey is here almost every weekday, uh, you know, using it in the nights and using it on weekends and it's used for tournaments. So it's so much more. And with the two north rinks, like these three rinks and the J&G Homes Arena, this is it. Between, between you two, there's no other indoor hockey available in the city. So that's even more important. You mentioned about the air conditioning. Let's talk about that. There's some exciting things in the arena. We're going to get to the seats. I really want to spend time on the seats. <laughs> really want to spend just a few minutes on that. But let's talk about the air conditioner and, and the defogger first. Some people did notice there's something in there right now, but uh, that's not what's actually going to be in there in the end. That's going to be for now, correct? That's correct. Okay. So actually, um, I do want to say, like, you know, as for the Keystone 2, um, as we're signing these leases with, um, we're looking at, creating more partnerships mm -hmm. and you know making sure that when we're going into these leases that we're doing what's best for both parties and working together as a partnership um, when we're talking uh, right now about the air conditioning and dehumidification i do think everybody knows that we are famous for the fog bowl so hate to bring that up but it did happen the fog bowl was fun for some reasons and a complete headache for about a hundred others. Let's so it was, <laughs> it was fun once. It was yeah. fun once. You've done it once, you get it out of the way, and you never yeah, have to deal true. with that again. That's that true. would be the that would be the thinking there. <laughs> so we actually have a temporary fix um, that is in the main arena right now. Actually, seems to be um, helping, working. Mm -hmm. it, it's not a permanent fix, but it's a temporary fix right now that um, seems to be working and. Um, Jared, you might want to talk a bit about that one. Yeah, it's a, it's a temporary unit that just uh, stand alone and it'll it'll do so much for, you know, the space it has, but it's it's obviously temporary and can be used on maybe one of the smaller rinks after or some, but it's a it's a unit that's suffice for now just to prevent any, you know, bad situations this fall or next spring. Any, any help we can any get. Any help we can get yeah. until the main yeah. system's installed for sure. Right. And some people don't don't know that, that when the Memorial Cup was hosted here, because that is played basically the beginning of summer, it's in June, that there were these massive air conditioning units brought in just for that tournament specifically, so it could be held here. Yes. So, going forward, maybe that could be back on the docket. Just exactly. saying. And around just that saying. time of year, you know, it's 20 to 25 degrees outside pretty reliably in this part of the country, mm -hmm. and the thing is... You get to late September here, you get that kind of second breath of summer. I think we're going to be, what are we, 20 degrees yeah. on Friday for the home opener. And by the time the next week rolls around September 27th, that's usually when that kind of second summer drops on you with both feet. So that could be another day we're having that dehumidification facility yeah. is going to be huge. And the rain and the humidity is a huge one you can't control. And it just, uh, you know, you need that AC and exhaust and stuff to control. That's an airflow for sure. It's awesome. By the way, Chris, you didn't. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't bring this up, given your background, the curling that operates out of the Keystone Center as well. I mean, hockey is, again, our baby. That's the sport that we're all invested in, but it's not the only one that the Keystone Center is home to. No, there's, yeah, of course the curling club. I mean, there's there's so much going on here. You know, curling, okay, quick little side story. I was just talking about this. I, I miss it so much, so much. I used to curl all the time, like grade three, all the way until I had, uh, when Jude was probably about four or five years old, he started skating. I started working here. All of a sudden, my life was hockey and didn't have time for it all. But I really want to get back into that soon. I, I loved curling. I thought that was a blast. So I will go back to the curling club I soon. I better mention, hor mention horses or my daughter might be really mad at me when I get home. So <laughs> that's, uh, it's also a facility for the horse. You are also and, very and, busy and, and, with the yeah, kids yeah, around yeah, here. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And Matt McNish is leaning over his desk when he hears horses going, yeah, talk it up. Yeah, talk and it him up. too. And him too. Everybody. Uh, so the seats. This has been a, a 
talking point that we've had for years how funny it is that somebody could literally have sat in the same seat back in 1970 something and watched the golden jet bobby hall or any of the classic jets and then you could sit in that same seat right now and you could watch nate danielson those are ancient and the keystone bought them secondhand connie tell us the new seats we're getting they're not from another arena these are brand new, beautiful seats, aren't they? No, they're not from another arena. Thank you. And they're not bright red either, are they? No. Awesome. No. Yellow. No kidding. <laughs> well, you know what? No. That would be closer to theme, yeah. though. Yeah. I mean, closer to theme, but still. No, no. These are actually going to be a black seat. Each seat is going to have a cup holder. You know, um, it, it, not everything has, like, you know, down to the detail has been decided yet, but color has been decided, cup has been decided. And, you know, hopefully uh, within the next couple of weeks, we're going to get a couple sample seats sent out to us. So, you know, um, anyone that comes into the building will have the opportunity to view these seats. And of course, I'm kidding, because we have seen sample seats going back even three, four years. Yes. Like this is not like this is a new discussion, no. you know, this. But when you're talking about a project this big, this isn't a couple thousand dollars. We're talking about a major, major reinvestment in the main arena when you're talking about all these upgrades over the next few years. Yes. Yeah. So, um, again... Uh, we always have to make sure, you know, that we have everything lined up. And, you know, it's very important too. We only have a couple months in the summertime to actually when we're on downtime to do these renovations and, you know, get prepared for their, you know, the season coming up. There is sometimes some very quick turnarounds yes. between some events. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which makes you a very big building sometimes. Yes. I... We talked about those upgrades and then the bathrooms. People are excited also here about that, about uh, upgrading, getting some getting some new restrooms on there. There's been some some, you know, some leaky issues over times. Uh, they've, they've been fixed. Everything's ready to go for home opener. It's going to be lovely. But even going forward, there's some big plans with that and making them more accessible for everybody as well on the concourse. Absolutely. So, um, again, that's in, that's in the plans. Uh, again, we're just in the early stages right now. Um, and everything will be sent to us so we can have some final drawings, which, which, again, we will release. And, you know, it's good for everyone, good for every event. I think we'll be able to put some of those things on display, just the plans and stuff at some point for open houses and stuff. I'm assuming the Keystone will be nice for everybody to see and get excited about. And I think it'll be a milestone difference next year, game one. You know, we're talking just before game one this year, but I think, you know, it's pretty exciting to get your seat booked this year. So for next year, you got your seat and the new seats and, the, you know, I think obviously new seats are different size and, you know, styles too. So we might, uh, might have to go down a few seats, but it'll, it'll, it'll be a different, you know, feel in the seats as well. And it'd be awesome for Brandon. So yeah, sure. Oh, you said something there too. Both of you did actually how awesome. It'll be for Brandon, not just the Wheat Kings, not just for the Keystone Center, this facility and its ties to Brandon's identity as a community. What does it do for that when you give something like the Keystone Center this kind of facelift? I think the attraction, like, you know, the attraction of the new clients, you know, the attraction of the excitement. Everybody is so used to these orange, kind of reddish colored seats that are in there. Um, I, I think this is very community. Like, you know, we want to celebrate it with everyone. I think it tells like you know Western Canada that Brandon's open for business too. Like we're we're, mm -hmm. we're re reinvesting in our facilities and we're we're wanting to host things. We want to be a city that uh, that's excited about uh, you know having the things we have. It's 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 that's 
it's not easy to to have a team or keep teams or keep events like the Winter Fair or whatever. Those are those are special things, and in my opinion, they're special things. And I think as a, as a brand like myself, I'm just proud to have them. So I think it's I think it's awesome, and I think our community always feels that way. And it's such a small community that everybody, you know, roots for all the events and tries to support them. So I think it's I think it's great. Well, on the pod before, like we we've celebrated multiple times the scent of the Keystone. When players come on in, they know the Keystone has its own smell because they're coming to a building that has other events, that has other things going on. Uh, you know, but just that's just what we live in. We're in that, and it's a whole lot cheaper for us still to put in these millions of dollars over the years than it is to still build a brand new building. And it says something that after over 50 years, this arena, this part of the building is so still structurally sound. And a lot of people that come in from other markets, they love the old school feel. The fact that you can walk around our concourse and not be sectioned off from the seats in the arena you can still glance over and actually watch the action you're not out in a actual hallway concourse like a lot of new arenas are designed we have that old school feel and even adding the black wall a few years ago just helping um you know helping improve all the little stuff along the way Uh, jared since you've taken over ownership you've put in a lot of money as well downstairs we kind of talked about that but let's that's not so much with the lease but i'd love to talk about that in the pod right now just about the steps that you've taken since you've taken over to improve things for the players downstairs yeah, for sure. I mean, um, kind of as, as stated before in some of the chats there, we just tried to, tried to, you know, view everything and, and uh, you know, Kelly did a great job when he was here and he owned the team and everybody has their style and their preferences. And I, I when I came in, I just wanted to, you know, give it a refresh and, and, you know, talk to the staff and, you know, what do we need? And I, we thought a big, you know, before we weren't the furthest team in the East, but before, Winnipeg was here we were the first team so it's it's being the furthest at one end is a hard recruit sometimes you know and so just anything we can do to enhance recruitment to players and 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 just you know comfort and feel for the players and creating a culture we wanted to do so that's why we you know went room by room and another big thing for like Scott Halady and the staff that do the you know the groundwork every day every game behind the scenes it was just efficiency and uh you know not having rooms so far apart having them closer together having functional spaces that could work for laundry and doctors and you know hydration rooms and stuff like that so it was just really important to to have it kind of closer together and you know trade spaces back and forth with the facility just to get that to work and make a few renovations and it just worked out well and I think everybody's happy with how it, it functions now down there so you and I Chris were down there just today we were shooting some video you know getting some things prepared for the home opener and I was remarking to you that uh, based on my own experience with some of the dressing rooms in the Western Hockey League that's an elevated facility down there like that is one of the nicer ones for sure all you have to do is look around where where the four of us are right now there's no other team in the whl that has a studio like the stuff that we can do here like this pod all the interviews all the media stuff with the players that 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 we do um it's those kind of investments that we didn't have before that it just it helps take everything to that next level try and be a little more pro each time right so i love that season by season taking that next step up which next chance for you to get to see a lot of that stuff what we've been working on all summer long it's this friday it's home opener we put a lot of time and effort in the offseason getting ready for this. The players have been back. Uh, we've been working hard as we piece this together. Um, what our to-do list compared to what you two have on your to-do list is very different, but they're both very, very long. Connie, we'll start with you. How excited, first of all, are you to enter another home opener? And first, how long have you been with the Keystone now, Connie? It's got to be at least eight, eight and a half eight years. years. Yeah. yeah. So this will be your eighth, at least yeah. ninth home opener. How excited are you for this one? 
actually, uh, we're doing something completely different. And I am excited to see this because, uh, you know, we've incorporated, you know, a partnership, I think, um, going into this. Uh, Chris, uh, you actually said to me in the boardroom last week that it was so nice to actually have someone helping you with this instead of you doing it by yourself. So I think that, you know, speaks volume of where this is going. Um, so we do have like, you know, a big party, you know, in the South lot. Um, we do have, you know, CNC uh, making a tiki bar for outside. We have different specials going on. You know, we have other sponsors that have come on and I'll let you guys talk about that part. But um, I think it just shows like, you know, how everyone is coming together. Yeah, I think it's fun. Uh, you know, it's hard really, again learning. I'm learning the business too, and knowing what we need every home opener, every game. It's almost it. Uh, no offense, it feels like organizing a Christmas party or a wedding every game, and then you're like, oh, good, got it done. And oh, I got to start another one next game for 32 more. So it's a, it's a fun time and yeah. exciting, but it's also like you got to be on it, and we, you got to have the staff. Uh, you know, for most days, staff are sprinting around here and stuff. So it's fun and exciting, and then you know you just pick your spots to, to chill out, but it's fun to have the, the hype and the buzz and it's, it's even funner when the team's winning. So it's, it's, for me, it's nice. This is probably the first time I've felt good about entering the season on the ice too. You know, we didn't really mention much right now, but that, but I'm super proud of the guys for, uh, going four and oh in the preseason let's talk about that four and oh four and oh I mean, we talked about before we joined with you two, but of course, I mean, and the guys who have stepped up are the guys that we were expecting to step up. And the young kids, they have shone at the same time. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, it's, it's so exciting to see the present and the future for the team. And, uh, you know, just nice to see uh, even the staff working together, like Marty and, you know, um, Dell and Billy and everybody. And, you know, it's, and, you know, Adam Riley, Dudar, and, you know, Tyler Plant, all those guys. You know, they're, they've kind of the first real full season together, you know, organized and have, like, you know, having everybody start together the season and plan it together. It's It's been a lot more you know, efficient and, and fun this summer and, and this fall, just camp and everything. So it's, it's great. And I just, you just, it's nice to see the kids on the ice having fun and smiling and, you know, having even, you know, Marty and I said today, like it's nice with the, the goaltending, you know, it's two guys battling it out and I don't know how many goals they've had let in, but it's not many. So, I mean, knock on wood, uh, it's, it's awesome. I was going to ask you about something similar because I know that you're plugged into the on ice side of things. You keep a very close eye on the team and it strikes me that for a team that missed the playoffs last year, there's a mix around this group of optimism and expectation. What kind of sense do you get of what the players and the coaching staff expect from this year's group? Because it seems like they do have the belief that they're going to take this a step further. I think the difference I see this year is uh, I believe it with this, this new crew and the crew that learned from the last crew that uh, it's nice to hear them, you know, making themselves accountable and each other accountable and you know the bwk way you know that whole model we're running with down there and some new things to to create a culture and they're finding finding their ways to do that and understanding it it's we had a young team last year so just understanding those things are hard until you see how it works and what it where you start and where you end up to realize you know maybe next year i should should try to be better or do something and you know all the kids made great steps and we had a great team last year. You get some bad breaks, like losing Highland at the end of the year. Like, it's probably the difference of, you know, making the playoffs or not making the playoffs one game away, you know, and just such a tight tight division and a strong division, too. It's, a, you know, it's a super hopeful for this year and to just be super competitive and put a put a great game on. 
Well, it would be nice not to face Winnipeg 10 times like the team they had last year. Uh, it might have been nicer to face them for the next couple of years now, but oh, <laughs> unfortunately. How many times? Yeah. Just oh, rubbing salt great. in that How great would that wound. have been? Yeah. Hey, at least we're not talking about food. We can talk about that this time. Yeah, exactly. Well, I did yeah. just say salt. I mean, I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's why I just kind of went there. Uh, so this Friday, it is the Wheat King Home Opener. Tailgate happens from 4 to 6 o'clock. And at the south uh, parking lot of the Keystone Center, it is going to be a party atmosphere we got cnc rentals going to be there uh we they're going to be having the traegers cooking up the delicious slow uh cooked pulled pork from maple leaf we got enough to feed like five six hundred people it's going to be awesome uh thanks uh to our other sponsors we have got pepsi products there we're going to have uh, old dutch with the chips just five dollars is going to get you a either beer or a pop plus your pulled pork on a bun and your chips Please drink responsibly, but for just $5, you go and you get your drink, whatever it may be. You can go and get your food. You can enjoy. There's going to be uh, bouncy houses there. we got face painting for the kids, sign-making station. There's going to be uh, interactive games on the concourse that night. There's going to be a bunch of uh, interactive uh, spots as well. So really looking forward to having everybody back out uh, for the first time in a while. And, uh, Jared, like you said, this is honestly, even even like for me, this is the first time uh, in a couple of seasons that it just feels like, we're all more ready together, right? It's coming out of a couple of issues with, uh, you know, during the during the Hubble and then the year after. Now we've had that full year, got under the belt, everybody's back, and now this year it just feels like we're ready to go. So for Friday night, all systems go. Time to rise. Super 60 exciting. seconds max between you saying, well, at least we didn't talk about food, and then the pulled pork sandwich. Now <laughs> I'm hungry again. You know, somebody showed up for the game uh, last Friday, and he's like, "Hey, where's the where's the pulled pork thing? Where's the tailgate?" I'm like, "For preseason? That's next week, home opener." <laughs> oh, so I didn't miss it. Like, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're I mean, you yeah, could have gone. You're food actually, truck wars, you're though, actually like, very early. Well, that's exactly yeah. what I said. I was like, "You're lucky. You got food truck wars right outside." So, uh, Connie, Jared, thank you so much for uh, joining the podcast here this week. Excited for the next uh, ten years. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Awesome. Uh, so as we uh, g- welcome uh, or have our guests, uh, they can, uh, by all means, you guys can get up and go if you like. I appreciate it. <laughs> or you can stick around and just hang us and listen to us talk for a few minutes. But uh, me and Rob, we're just going to go through a couple of things here, yeah. including uh, what we have coming on up for some of the um, uh, for some of the kids. If they are looking to still get in, we were just printing up a whole bunch of the lanyards for the kids club. And what that is, is for only seven thirty two a game, you can get your kid in and they are going to get uh, this lanyard that you can load up, and then they can go to the concessions and use it. They will be accepting uh, uh, cash, though, at, uh, at the, the concessions here uh, this season, but you can still you can load up your Junior Kings Club lanyard. That way, make it nice and digital and uh, make it easier. So I know that, uh, Rob, we were putting out a whole bunch of those uh, earlier today um, uh, with that. And also, we have got... Uh, oh, jeez, here we go. This is this is starting to, uh, starting to be a little jittery. There we go. We're back. We're back. Finicky. It's back. Uh, new 17 game plans, half season, split season. It's back. You can contact the Weeking office, and for just over $23 a game, we can uh, get you in. Uh, I know that uh, I got a couple of comments here, some text, that uh, there was something uh, wrong with the audio. I didn't hit a button, I think, on the thing for YouTube. It's all recording, though. Everything is recorded. So uh, if you happen to miss any of this because of the technical issue, we're going to re-upload this um, in, in in its entirety. So uh, I'll probably just end up taking down... Uh, Rob, Ash, you want to head over to... That? Oh, you know, no, 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 never mind. You stay right there. You stay right there. See, here's the thing. When we do this Simon on video, says... here's, what, here's what people see right now. But watch this. Watch this. We're going to go three, two, one, boom. 
There he is. If people are watching, that just looked very cool. I've shifted. You've shifted. I'm you, not that fast, I no, promise. No, no. Anyone who's seen me attempt cardio knows I'm <sighs> not that fast. See, I always try to do everything. I'm we're, we're hosting a podcast. I'm trying to do live video switching, YouTube technical things. You're wearing enough hats to open a haberdashery. Like, it, this it's, is it, it's 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 always everything. This is crazy season. It's always everything. But it, it's I love it. I abs- I really do. I mean, I was even like, you know, talking to my kids about this because I try to be, of course, the best dad I can. And when I'm with them, I want to do stuff with my kids. But when I work in hockey and it's home opener week, I'm logging in at home and I'm working at nights and I'm doing this, you know, and I'm, of course, even now, like it's after, you know, five o'clock and stuff, stuff happens, uh, you know, when the season gets back on. So had the talk with the kids and basically was like, you know, you know, dad loves you. I'm always here for you. Just a very busy week. Got a lot of stress. If I happen to get a little bit angry, I'm sorry. Uh, pre-apologized. It's been it's been fine so far. You know, this is my this is my tenth go with this. I'm starting to get used to it. And it's true for us. It's true for other staff here in the busy, office. I know Mike Filipchuk and Matt McNish are both running around doing an awful lot of things. There's a lot that goes into a home opener, and you know, I'm seeing I'm seeing it more up close than I have in my in my years previously working in hockey. And it's not just us. I know that does a lot of the running around, as Connie pointed out to me on her on her way out there. Uh, the downstairs staff here at the Keystone Center, my goodness, the circus they have to run to keep this operation flowing smoothly. They do a tremendous job. She wanted to shout them out and you know personally recognize all the hard work they put in. And being down there, you and I both go down there on a regular basis to talk with the players, talk with the training staff. We always see them doing what they do, helping up with the upkeep of the facility and making sure that the Keystone Center operates as efficiently as possible. Because as we touched on, this is a gigantic multi-use facility, and it requires a ton of effort to keep flowing smoothly. Not to miss anybody, but just like working with Steve Gabriel down there. Steve is basically the guy in charge of that crew. Uh, fantastic to work with. But, uh, you know, from Greg, Randy, Robbie, the the entire crew, what they do from driving the Zamboni during the game, you know, proudly wearing the Wheat King jersey while they do so uh, to making sure the ice is in the best condition they can given the circumstances of the weather and the building and again we try to give them all the tools that uh, what we can but yeah all the all the effort that, that that goes into a game day from not just here in the studio like all the video work that we do for the Jumbotron in here to everything that you're doing for the broadcast to what Matt has to do for all of the marketing to Mike for all the sales and sponsorship to the downstairs guys. But up here, people sometimes don't realize that. Like, we try to put on in, you know, really a, a small scale NHL style production. That's my end goal for what we have on the screen and what we have for our team around the arena. We're trying to be the best we can. We do that with basically four people here in the office. It's, you talk about wearing many hats. We really have to wear many hats around here, but it's because we love hockey and this is just what we love to do. And, you know, for people who love the sport and people who love what they do, this this is kind of the the goal. You want to end up working in, in a Not just hockey, the Wheat Kings. The Wheat Kings. Like, I love the Wheat Kings. Well, I mean, growing up in in Manitoba, like, it's the fact that I'm able to introduce myself now as the voice of the Wheat Kings. I said it when I got hired, and I'll say it again. Being able to tell people I'm the voice of the Wheat Kings still just gives me a little twinge of a smile. I don't know how long that's going to last. I think it's going to last a while, but I can tell you it hasn't gone away yet. Well, it is, uh, the smiles are going to keep continuing as we uh, make our way towards home opener. Tailgate party, four to six. Rob, are you going to sneak out there, go get a pulled pork on a bun? I think I have to. We've been to. talking about it You've so much, to. I don't know how I can Rick avoid. from CNC is running the Traeger. He's like basically become known for this at this point. Oh, man. He's it's crazy. He's a busy guy trying to feed that many people with pulled pork. You know, it's, it's no easy task getting that stuff, but when you have a Traeger grill... 
I'm not doing an advertisement for Traeger right now. I promise. I just I, I know how they work. I, if you're gonna buy one though, go to CNC Rentals. Exactly. Go. So, yeah, we will do an advertisement. Rona. Yeah. Rona. Actually, Rona. Rona sells Traeger, <laughs> but Rick from CNC is the one running it. That's it. Yeah, but you know what? If you, if you've ever had meat that's come off a smoker of any kind, you just know that nothing else measures up after that. It's food again. There it food. is. Food again. We're just. <sighs> Uh, it's not, always that time. We're not it's always that I time. No, I I kind of am. It's like five twenty. Oh, okay, yeah, it's no, been a long day. Me too, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're gonna get out of here. We got uh, a lot to get through still. I'm, I'm not. I'm not leaving here the studio. <laughs> We've got more work to do. I'm going right but, back to my computer to send some headshots. We're gonna, we're gonna turn the microphones off. We're gonna keep working, piecing together the show for Friday night. It is home opener, tailgate party, four to six. Doors open. Please, we King fans, if uh, you're still listening to this part of the podcast, then you're probably going to do this already. But appreciate you being in your seats by like that 6:45 mark because so much time and effort does go into all that pre-show and building up that 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 hype. When you hear about you know the 200 people out in the lobby still trying to buy tickets <laughs> and trying to get in, and it's 6:55, just go. Oh, remember tickets available online. Don't have to be at the box office. You can buy them right now at onlineweekings.com and uh, pick up your tickets. So puck drop is going to be at uh, 7 o'clock. Please be in your seat by 6.45. Enjoy the pregame show. we got Archangel coming back out for home openers. We love to have. So we got the pyro. We got the flame burst to uh, welcome the players out on the ice. And uh, we're going to kick off with uh, Rob should be an awesome season. And for me, the thing is, if you want to get into your seat early, it's more for the players. For a lot of these guys, yeah. for quite a few of these We guys. want to show them what, what exactly. playing here really could be. This is their first introduction to you as members of the Wheat Kings. For a lot of them, it's the first time putting on the jersey they're going to wear all season. They're introducing themselves to you. Introduce yourselves right back. Introduce Wheat King fandom to them and show them just how much support Westman really does throw behind this team. And farmers, I love you. I know you're in the field harvesting. Good luck. I hope that you can get uh, a ton of the crop off tonight and tomorrow night. So that you can justify why you got to take off three hours. <laughs> it's gonna be, it is going to be raining on Friday, just saying. I think, what do we got, a 40% chance? Might not be able to do too much anyway. I think you're going to have to have a just have to off. call an audible. Might have to call an audible. So uh, hopefully we'll see everybody here, though. Friday night, home opener. Going to be awesome. We'll talk to you again next week as we recap uh, everything. And uh, it's a very quick turnaround, Rob. Uh, the pod next week, probably going to have to be on Tuesday because we got a game on Wednesday. So... It's going to be fast. Right back to it. The Prince right Albert Raiders in town. Fast and furious. All right, that's going to do it for episode number 62 of the Weekly Harvest Podcast. For Rob Mann, my name is Chris Falco. Appreciate you tuning on in. We'll talk to you next week. Cheers.